Jesus actually said, I'm on neither side. I'm not on your side. I'm not on the enemy's side. I'm on my side, and you better follow me and, 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 and you know, obey my rules and my directions that I'm giving you. And because they obeyed and because they listened to God's voice and they followed his directions, they were able to conquer the city of Jericho. So that's kind of what's going on up to this point. Now, when they went to conquer Jericho, again, God gave them some specific instructions. Not only was it to walk around the city seven times, not only was it to, you know, march and carry the Ark of the Covenant, some of these other things that God told them to do, but he gave them one specific uh, instruction on top of that, which was very, very extremely important, as we're about to see. If we can read verse 17 and 18. Here we go. It says, The city shall be under the ban. It and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. This is talking about Jericho. God is talking about Jericho here. The city shall be under the ban, it and all that belongs in it to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her in the house shall live because she hid the messengers whom you sent. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the ban so that you do not covet them and take some of the things under the ban and make the camp of Israel a curse and bring trouble to it. Let me see. What is this translation? But keep away from devoted things. Okay. Verse 18, I'm reading from this translation, it says, But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking, by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. Okay? So, God's saying, hey, look, you guys are going to go into the city of Jericho. You're going to conquer it. It's going to be amazing. You're going to overthrow the people there. You're going to get victory. Don't worry about that. But when you do get the victory, and you do move into the city of Jericho, you conquer it, the walls fall down, you get the victory, okay? Here's one thing you got to do. Very simple. It says, don't touch the things that belong to God. It says, don't touch the, uh, let me see, what, what is it? Can you go back one, one slide? It says, don't touch the devoted things. Now, those things, God was saying, those devoted things, as we can see in the first verse, these, it's to be devoted to the Lord. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to who? The Lord, right? Everybody say it like you're awake. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Exactly. So the city and all that is in it, any extra stuff that they may find in that place, who does it belong to? It belongs to the Lord's. It's God's. Don't touch it. Don't mess with it. Don't take it for yourself. Very simple instruction. Leave it for God. Set it apart. Set it aside. This is my stuff. Don't touch it. It belongs to the Lord, right? And in verse 18... We see that if any of the Israelites do happen to touch it, if they do happen to take it for themselves, if they happen to break this rule, verse 18, what does it say here? Next slide. It says, otherwise you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. We all get the picture of what's going on here. Jesus is saying, you guys can take the city of Jericho. You're going to conquer it. It's going to be awesome. But don't touch my stuff. Don't take my devoted things for you. Be obedient. Listen to my instructions. And if you do that, you're going to be good. You're going to be able to conquer the city. It's going to be fine. But if you don't, and you disobey, and you don't follow my instructions, you're going to be liable for destruction. That doesn't sound too good, does it? You're going to be liable for destruction, and it's going to bring trouble upon you and upon all the Israelites. So don't do that. The moment you disobey, and the moment you turn away, and you take my stuff, and you take what belongs to me, what's rightfully mine, right, God says, you're going to be now vulnerable to destruction. Now, what destruction is he talking about? They just are going to about to destroy the city, Jericho. They're about to conquer it for God's kingdom and all that stuff. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, you're going to be vulnerable now to destruction from your enemies. You're going to be sitting ducks, basically. I'm going to lift my protection off of you if you do this. If you take my things and you take what rightfully belongs to me, you're going to be liable, vulnerable, open, sitting ducks for destruction for all the enemies around you to conquer you, for all the enemies around you to take you down, to destroy your life, to bring you under captivity, right? This is, this is what's at stake here. But, it's, of course, it's a very simple, easy command. Don't take God's stuff. Okay, God, I'm going to conquer the city, but I'm not going to touch any of it. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to set it apart, right? Okay, cool. Got it, right? So the verses following, Joshua takes the people of Israel. They conquer the land. It's awesome. The walls fall down. Victory is given to the people of Israel and they're on top of the world. It's amazing. They think they're unstoppable, which they are, because God is with them, right? They're unstoppable. They can do anything. They can conquer anything. They have complete victory and can destroy and demolish any enemies that they may come in contact with because God's with them. 
Because God's with them and on their side, amen, because they're following his commands and they're listening to his instructions. Now, if we go further down, though, to verse, here we go, chapter 7. If we can go to chapter 7, the next chapter following, verse, there we go. So, verse 3. Verse 2, actually. Yeah, verse 2. So, Joshua chapter 7, verse 2. I'll read verse 1. I didn't want verse 1 to be there yet. But it says, But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to devoted things. So God gave them a clear instruction, right? Very simple, very basic. Don't take my stuff. Yet, it says here, verse 1, But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. We're going to see what exactly that means uh, in a second, well, obviously it gives it away a little bit here. It says, Achan, the son of Camry, the son of Zemri, the son of blah, 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 of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel, right? So this guy, Achan, okay, this is because it says, we're unfaithful in regard to the devoted things, Achan, the son of, right? He took some of the devoted things, some of the things that belong to Jesus. He took some of that for himself, right? He took some of the devoted things that belong to the Lord. And, and what did God say if you touched that? What did God say if, if you took any of my stuff, what was going to happen? Okay, you'd be liable for destruction. You'd be vulnerable. You'd be sitting ducks. I'm not going to be with you anymore, right? So this guy, even despite the instruction, even despite the warning, even despite the advice that God gives the people of Israel, Achan was tweaking, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to still take this stuff for myself. I see some, some, some gold, I see some little stuff lying around in the city of Jericho. Let me just take it aside, let me put it over here, let me hide it. Nobody's going to know, right? Nobody's going to see this, it's just I'm going to have it hidden over here in this, in this little pile. It's going to be mine, that's okay. I'm just going to keep it a secret for, for now, right? Achan did this on the down low, but little did he know, God saw. And God knew exactly what he did. And God saw exactly what was going on in that situation. So God's anger towards Israel burned, and he was, he was angry at them for disobeying his commandment. Now, of course, Achan knew that he did that, but the rest of the Israelites didn't know that. Joshua didn't know that. He thought everything's fine. He thought everything's good. So what's the next thing Joshua thinks of? Well, let me go to the next city. Let me conquer that city. Let's keep going. Let's keep rolling with this, 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 uh, this role of victory. Let's keep conquering. Let's keep moving forward. Let's keep progressing, right? So Joshua, uh, next verse here, and verse 3, or verse 2, I should say. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to this next city called Ai, okay, which is near something, something. These Bible names are crazy, guys. So, yeah, and told them, go up and spy out the region, right, this region called Ai. So the men went up and spied out this city, Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. They're talking about their own troops. He said, you know what, it's good enough. We only have to send two or 3,000 men to take it. We only have to send two or 3,000 men to take this city, AI. It's not that big of a deal. It won't be that hard of a victory. We can take it. It's easy. It's simple. Let's go, right? So Joshua's on board. Next slide. Joshua's on board. He's ready to do this. He hears this report. He's like, dude, this is going to be a piece of cake. We can just go up in AI, destroy everybody, conquer it. It's not even going to be a problem. Uh, and, and his advisor's like, look, just send two or 3,000 people, not as many as you would normally, because you don't want to worry the whole army for only a few people to live there. Right? And so then here in verse 4, it says, So about 3,000 men went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai. So this, this army, right, Israelites, they go to the city. They're thinking everything's fine. They're thinking everything's good. They're thinking they'll be able to conquer this just like they conquered everything else. They'll be able to win the victory and, and, and get everything together just like they did the last time. But something was different this time around when they faced their enemies. Something was different when they were coming against the people that were opposing them. Something was different this time around. And what was that? The thing that was different was somebody had disobeyed God's instruction. Somebody disobeyed God's commandment. So the thing that was different, right, was that they disobeyed. And now instead of getting victory, the people of Israel, once they go to this easy Easy kill, easy win. They would have knocked it out no problem with only a few soldiers. But they go to this place and verse, and then verse 4, it says, so about 3,000 went up, but they were routed by the people of this city, by the men of Ai. It says they were routed. We all know what routed means, right? It means to be, to, to be defeated, to retreat, to run away. 
these soldiers who just saw walls fall down and God move and they conquered this, 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 the city of Jericho and it was amazing and it was awesome. They go to this little small town and they get routed, they, get retreat, they start retreating from these little guys. That isn't that big of a deal. That's not that big of a conquest. It's not that, big, it's not that hard of a battle. Yet Israel was running away scared, afraid. What was different this time though? Somebody had disobeyed. Somebody disobeyed against God's instruction. And because of that, this is the product of what happened. They were defeated. They were defeated by their enemies. Their disobedience led to their defeat. They might have thought everything was good. They might have thought everything was okay. But the moment they faced their enemy, the moment they came against the opposition, they lost. And they ran away and they retreated and they were, they were defeated miserably. It says, who killed about 36 of them. They chased them. They chased them even further uh, the Israelites to the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. They struck them all down, right? They killed them. They destroyed them. All because somebody, one person, out of all the Israelites, somebody chose to disobey God. They had victory in the previous, in the previous scenario in Jericho. God gave them the victory, but God was with them at that point. God was on their side. God was fighting with them. Because the Israelites were choosing to follow God's instructions and listen to uh, his commandments and listen to his direction, they got the victory. They won the battle. But the moment they disobeyed and turned away from God and stopped listening to his commandments, the moment they disobeyed and they took some, some things that didn't belong to them, they took what was God's, the moment they did that, the moment they touched what belonged to God and held it for themselves, they reaped destruction. They reaped defeat. They lost the battle. And they couldn't keep fighting and they couldn't keep winning. Because they disobeyed God, and it led to their defeat, and they lost, and they were slaughtered. So that was what happened in verses 1 through 5. Now, if we go down further, obviously Joshua, he's freaking out once he hears this report. <laughs> yeah, at this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. Imagine the Israelites at this point, they just got done defeating the Jericho, you know, the people at Jericho, all that stuff. It was an amazing battle, win, victory. They saw God do all that stuff, and they're on top of the world. They're, they're thinking that they're unstoppable, which they were because God was with them, but the moment they lost the battle, the moment these people at Ai in this city, the moment they defeated them, fear came into their hearts. They, 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 people melted in fear and became like water. Now, why was that? It's because they noticed, wait a minute, we're not unstoppable anymore. We're not undefeatable anymore. Wait a minute, we actually lost the battle. I thought God was with us. I thought we were going to win and we were going to have victory over and over again for, 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 for months to come. We were just going to conquer all these different places and nothing was going to be able to stand in our way, right? But once they lost the battle, once they came against an enemy that defeated them, they were afraid. Fear took over their hearts. They took a step back and were like, hold on a second, wait, what's going on? I thought we were supposed to be winning. I thought we were supposed to be overcoming everybody. I thought this was the promised land, right? Because Jericho and, his, and, 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 and all those areas within Jericho, the city of Ai, God promised that to them. This was the promised land that God was going to give the Israelites. So they were excited. They were ready. They were ready to take on all, that, that, all the little enemies and soldiers and troops that were there. But the moment they lost, they were like, hold on a second. This wasn't a part of the plan. This isn't supposed to happen. Why are we losing? Why did we retreat? Why, why, why is this happening? Well, the reason why it happened was because somebody took something that they weren't supposed to. The reason why it happened was because somebody took something that belonged to God. They disobeyed God's commandments. They disobeyed God's direction. God was telling them, don't do this. Don't go in this direction. Don't take what belongs to me. And because they disobeyed that, they started, they became sitting ducks. That verse back in, in chapter 6, it says, you will be liable for destruction. If you disobey this commandment, if you don't listen to my direction, and because they didn't listen, because they disobeyed God, they became sitting ducks, and they became vulnerable to whatever enemy came against them. It would have been Ai, it could have been another tribe, it could have been another group of people. Whoever would have come against the Israelites, they would have beat them miserably because God left them, and God was no longer with the Israelites. God was no longer on their side. And the thing is, guys, when God is not on our side, when God is not with us, we're sitting ducks. We're vulnerable. It doesn't matter what little thing we come across. If we don't have God with us, by our side, inside of our hearts, and we're not listening to his direction, the only thing we're going to reap is destruction. 
We're going to be sitting ducks. We're going to be left to the mercy of the devil, which obviously the devil has no mercy. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his goal. And if you aren't listening to God's direction and following what he's telling you to do, you're at the hands of the devil, my friends. You're at the hands of whatever the devil wants to do with you. And the devil can pull whatever string he wants to, and he can make you do this, and he can make you do that because you have no control over your life anymore. Because you've surrendered. You've, instead of listening to God and what he told you to do, now you're at the mercy. Now you're vulnerable. Now you're out in the open. You're liable for destruction because God's no longer with you. It's so important to have God on your side. God said you're either for me or you're against me. We can't be somewhere in the middle. Well, God, I'm, I'm going to be for you a little bit. I'm gonna be, God, I'm going to be for you 50%, but I'm going to be not for you and for my own self, my own life like the other 50%. So, God, you can kind of like help me out a little bit, but then the other times, you know, I'll just, I'll just do me or whatever. No, that's not how it works. You're either for God, on his side, fighting with him, listening to what he's telling you to do, or you're against God. Do we all know what it means to be against God? That means you're living in direct conflict with what he's saying, with what he's telling you to do, with what he's showing you to do. You're in opposition to God. You're either for him or you're against him. And God made it clear to the people of Israel in this example. He said, look, if you guys disobey and you take something that belongs to me, you touch that. If you touch something that belongs to me, something that's supposed to be separated and consecrated for my use, if you take that thing and you use it for yourself and you hide it and you take it and you disobey my direction, I can't rock with you anymore. I'm not okay with you anymore. I'm not going to give you victory anymore. I'm not going to help you out in your battles anymore. I'm not going to help you win anymore. You're going to be defeated. This is what Jesus is telling the people of Israel. If you disobey me, you will be defeated. Hence them losing the battle and all 3,000 of their troops being slaughtered. It's because they left God. And God said, look, if you leave me and you don't listen to my direction, I'm not going to fight with you anymore. And I'm not going to fight for you anymore. With the lifestyle that we're living here tonight, is God fight, are we fighting with God or are we fighting against God? With the things that God tells us to do, with the things that God is trying to direct us in, the different directions he gives us, the different advice he gives us, the places that he shows us to go, the things that God is trying to put into our hearts, the areas that God's trying to get us to go into. Are we listening to God? Are we being obedient to what he's telling us to do? Are we allowing him to direct us? Are we allowing him to be our shepherd? Are we allowing him to call the shots? Or are we trying to take something that belongs to God? Because that's supposed to belong to God. Our will, we are supposed to give that to God. God, I surrender my rights. Lord, I surrender my will. My will, Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus said that. And Jesus is our example. So if we're saying, God, no, I'm going to do what I want to do, not your will, but I'm going to do my will. See, your will is something that's supposed to be God's. That's something that's supposed to belong to God. That's something you're supposed to hand over to the Lord. Lord, what is your will for my life? What is your will for me at school? What is your will for me when I hang out with my friends? What is your will for me, Lord, when I'm with my family, with how I talk? What is your will for me, God, what I listen to, what I watch? God, what is your will for me and for my life, Lord? Give me direction, Jesus right? Something that's supposed to belong to God, but the moment we take that for ourselves and we take it back and we, and, we, and we touch it and we mess with it and we say, Lord, no, 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 God, you can do this, that, and the other thing. You can take all these other areas, but God, I'm going to keep this to myself on the side. The moment we do that, God cannot bless us anymore. God cannot give us victory anymore. God cannot help us in this area anymore. You want to hold bitterness to somebody that did something to you and not give it up to the Lord? Well, you know what? God can't heal you anymore. God can't bring joy to you anymore. God can't bring peace to you anymore. So you're going to be an anxious, angry, bitter person the rest of your life until you give that up to the Lord. Because, again, God can't come into that. He can't bless you. He can't help you. He can't because it's impossible because you disobeyed and you're not listening and you chose not to listen to God's voice. And you're doing your own thing. And because you're doing your own thing, you step into the devil's territory and you're vulnerable now. It's like walking in a minefield. It's like going in front of an army of tanks and, and, and artillery and planes and soldiers, just one person just walking. I mean, I don't know if there's a scene of a movie that can communicate that idea, but just imagine one soldier from like, I don't know, the, the good guys or whatever, and he's walking into, into a, an open space where there's a bunch of enemy tanks, planes, troops, machine guns. What do you think is, is going to happen to that poor soul? 
as he walks in front of all these troops, he's going to get slaughtered instantly, right? And is that not what we see happen in our generation? Is that not what we see happen to our classmates? Is that, not what hap- is that, is that not what we see happen to our, our family, our friends that don't have Jesus? Is that not what happens to them? Think about the people that you know that don't have God right now. Are they happy? Are they full of joy? Do they have peace? They're at the mercy of the devil. Their lives are being, are being wrecked, destroyed. Because the devil can do whatever he wants with them. They're in open, vulnerable, they're they're sitting ducks for whatever the devil has for them and for their lives. And ultimately, it is is their destruction. Because again, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's trying to destroy so many of us here today and so many out there in the world. And the devil knows, if I can just get them to not listen anymore, if I can just get them to be disobedient, if I can just get them to take something back from God, something that rightfully belongs to the Lord, if I can just get them to compromise in this certain area, lower the standard, and silence God in this one area of their life. I have them. I can do whatever I want with them. They're vulnerable now. And again, why are they vulnerable? Because God has left their side. And God is no longer fighting with them or for them. Because you're either against God or you're for God. You're either fighting with God or you're fighting against God. It's either or. So moving on with this story here. They lose the battle. Fear has gripped the people of Israel now. They're scared. They realize, wait a minute. God's not with us. God's not protecting us. We're, 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 we're exposed. We're vulnerable now. We're in the open field. We're sitting ducks for whatever the enemies want to do to us. They're afraid. Joshua straight up tears his clothes. He's freaking out. He's like, what's going on? We can then go to verse 10 of chapter 7. I'll read it here in my translation. It says, So the Lord said to Joshua, Rise up. Why is it that you have fallen on your face? Verse 11, it says, Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. They didn't listen. They disobeyed. Instead of doing what I told them to do, they turned their backs on them, and they did their own thing. Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. I said, look, just just follow my orders. Just follow my direction. Listen to this, and you'll be good. You'll be set. I'll be with you. I'll give you victory. But no, that's not what the Israelites chose to do. They disobeyed the covenant. They violated it. And as we see in the next sentence, it says, they have taken some of the devoted things. The devoted things were what? Things that belonged to God. Things that belonged to God. Things that were supposed to be in God's possession. Things that God was supposed to have. Things that were supposed to be in God's hands. Things that God was supposed to be over. It says they have taken some of those devoted things. They took some things that belonged to me. They took it for themselves. Things that were supposed to be mine, they took for themselves. They have stolen it. They have lied and they have put them with their own possessions. That's what this person did. They took it for themselves, what belonged to God. They lied about it. They stole it. They robbed God of what belonged to him, rightfully so. They took it for themselves. They lied about it. They covered it up. They put it with their own stuff. And that is why, verse 12, the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. I want you guys to catch that. I believe it was verse verse 12. All right. There are things, in, yeah. Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant. All that other stuff. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They can't stand against their enemies. Why? How come they can't stand against their enemies? Because they violated God's covenant. They violated the commandments of God. They violated what God told them. They violated the direction. The simple things that God told them, hey, do this, do that. Look, don't go in this direction. Follow my, follow my advice. Follow my guidance. Follow my counsel. They said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to listen to you, Jesus. And because of that, that is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. The moment they disobeyed God, they no longer were able to stand against the opposition. The moment they disobeyed God, the moment that happened, they were not able to fight the devil anymore. They were not able to fight their enemies. They were not able to win any battle. Any battle, guys. 
any battle that the Israelites would have come against, they would have not been able to stand against it. No matter how small the troop would have been, they would have lost. Because they violated God's covenant and they weren't listening and they were being disobedient. That is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. Next slide. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. Where have we heard that term liable to destruction? We heard it back in chapter 6 when Jesus was making it very plain and very simple. He said, look, all you have to do is, is listen, don't take my stuff, don't take what belongs to me, you'll be set, you'll be good, I'll be with you, I'll give you victory, I'll help you win the battles you're facing, whatever it is, I'll make you unstoppable, you'll have victory in every area of your life. But the moment they violated that and they changed their mind and they didn't listen to what God was telling them, they became liable for destruction just like God had warned them. He said, you'll become liable for destruction if you take these things for yourself. And you disobey my commandments. They disobeyed God's commandments, and the moment they faced an enemy, the moment they faced a battle, the moment they came into conflict, the, the, the moment they uh, came into somebody who, who opposed them, they lost. They were not able to stand anymore. They were not able to stand against the enemies anymore. They turned their backs, and they ran, and they retreated in fear, afraid, vulnerable, because they disobeyed, because now... They were vulnerable to destruction because God wasn't with them anymore. <laughs> Hence the next sentence right here. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Unless you get rid of that, unless you repent, unless you just come back, unless you give back to me what belongs to, to, to me, unless you give that back, unless you turn your life over and you surrender the things that are supposed to be in my possession, until you do that, I will not be with you anymore. I cannot be with you. And then he tells them to consecrate themselves and to set themselves apart. And later, yeah, tomorrow, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. You can leave it on this slide. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. What is God telling them to remove? What is God saying? What is God telling them? Stop it. Get rid of this. Give it back to me. What is God saying? Who is he talking about? He's talking about the person that took something from God. He's talking about the person who's hiding something that belongs to God. He's talking about the person that thinks nobody knows, that thinks nobody saw what happened or saw what went down, and thinks that they can keep doing this thing on the side, living a certain way, but at the end of the day, God says, no, I see what's going on. I know what you're doing. I know how you're living, and I can't be with you. And you're not going to be able to stand against your enemies. You know what? You're going to keep living this way? Okay, then I'm going to take away my peace from your life. I'm going to take away my joy from your life. I'm going to take away my presence from your life. You will no longer be able to feel my presence. You'll no longer be able to feel my love if you're going to keep doing this thing and keep disobeying me and keep living in rebellion and not listen to my voice. I can't bless you. I can't be with you. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them and you give it back. What ends up happening in the, in the, in the later part of the chapter, this person who took it, he gets called out. Long story short, he gets destroyed along with everything else that he owned. And they had to give it back to the Lord and they had to cry out for mercy. And they said, God, forgive us. We, we repent. We've, didn't, we've done wrong. We took something that was supposed to belong to you. Lord, forgive us, give, you know, help us out. Lord, we don't want you against us. We want you on our side. They did that, and the next time they came against that city of Ai, God granted them victory because they had repented, right? God gave them victory because they repented, because they turned to the Lord. Now, what does this have to do with, with, with you? What does this have to do with anything? Why am I reading a story about Jericho and, and Joshua and all this different stuff? Well, here's the thing, guys. Some of you think That you can have certain things in your life. You think that you can live a certain way. You think you can have certain habits. You think you can have certain areas of your life that you, you think you can have certain areas of your life that you're not surrendering to the Lord. Obviously, we're all, we, we've, we've all been around the block a little bit, known about God, been to Elevate before. And we know there's things that God's trying to get our attention on. There's, there, there's areas of our life where God is trying to get, get, get a hold of. There's areas of our lives where God is trying to, to, to direct us, 
to give us advice, to show us what to do. He's saying, look, don't, don't do this. Go in this direction. Here, you got to live this way. Here, so you got to stop doing this. you gotta, you got to be open about this thing. And there's different things that God is trying to direct us in. And God's trying to show us what to do. And he's trying to bless us. And he's trying to show us. He's trying to shepherd us. The Bible says the Lord is a, is a, is a good shepherd. Right? And God is trying to do that. And he's trying to shepherd you. And he's trying to show you what to do. But guys, if you resist God, if you resist his leadership, if you resist his direction, you say, no, God, I'm not going to listen to you. Lord, that's nice, but I'm going to take this for myself. God, I want pleasure. God, I want to have fun. I want entertainment, Lord. I want to, I want to do whatever I want to do, Lord. I want to be in control of my own life. You see, the moment you say that, you can't stand against your enemies. You can't stand against oppression. You can't stand against lust. You can't stand against greed. You can't stand against, against laziness. You can't stand against pride. You think you're going to overcome pride in these other areas of sin on your own? Let me tell you what, the moment you walk away from God and you're not listening to him and you're not giving your life over to him and you're not surrendering to him, God cannot help you. God cannot help you and he will leave you liable to destruction. God will leave you vulnerable to the enemy. He will leave you at the mercy of the devil. Some of you guys are going in, in circles of depression or suicide or whatever it is, or, or drug addiction, guys. I mean, and, and, you know, maybe you, you could even picture some people that you know in school or in your family, alcoholism, whatever it is. You see these people, and they keep going around in circles. They're not the same. Ten years pass, 20 years pass. I have relatives that are, that are alcoholics, and every time I see them, they're always drinking. Nothing changes. Why? It's because they've not been devoted to the Lord. They haven't surrendered to the Lord. They're still saying in their hearts, God, I'll come, uh, you know, I might come on, on church every now and then. Lord, I might, I might uh, you know, go on Christmas. I might go on, on Easter. Lord, I might do this. I might turn on a Christian TV show every now and then. But Lord, you can't have, my, you can't have alcohol. God, you can't have this. You can't have my sorrow. You can't have my grief. God, I, I want to do it my way in this one area. And because they say that, because they have that attitude in their heart, and tell God no and don't let God in and they don't surrender to the Lord in that area, God can't bless them. God can't help them out. God's at the door trying to knock, trying to get in their, in, in their lives. He's trying to get into them. He's trying to help them. He's trying to show them what to do. He's trying to give them direction. But they're not listening and they don't want it. And they say, God, no, I want to do my own thing. I'm going to disobey you, Lord. You're telling me to do this, but I'm going to do the other thing. I'm going to go in the other direction. God, I'm going to hold on to this, Lord. The things that belong to you, my life, my will, my choices, those things belong to you, God. But you know what? I'm not going to give them to you. I'm going to keep them for myself. I'm going to make the choices I want to make. And I'm going to do things the way I think they should be done. The moment you take that attitude, guys, and you have that mindset, the moment you think like that, even if it's just one area of your life, if there is one area in your life that you're not surrendering to the Lord, that you're not giving over to God and saying, God, this is yours, Lord. This belongs to you, God. My whole life, God, every, every nook and cranny, everything that's a part of me, everything that's a part of my identity and who I am, God, it all belongs to you, God. I give it over to you. If there's one area that you're saying, but not this spot, but not this one thing, but not this one area of my heart. Guys, if you're holding on to anything, God will tell you, you know what? You're not going to be able to stand against your enemies then. I'm not going to be with you anymore then. I'm not going to be with you. I'm not going to be able to support you. I'm not going to be able to fight for you. How can God fight for somebody who is opposing him? How can God help somebody that doesn't want help? You ever met people like that who don't want help? Their lives are miserable. Their lives are miserable. Everybody knows it. They're just jacked up. They're, all these things are happening. They need help. Their life screams they need help, but you talk to them, and they think that everything's fine. They think that everything's good. Well, my life is falling apart. I'm addicted to drugs. I'm addicted to alcohol. I'm on the streets, but hey, you know what? No, but, but I'm good. I'm good. Like, for real. I'm, I'm good. It's okay. I got under control because, you know, everything's all right. Everything's fine. Yeah, I love God. Yeah, Jesus is awesome. It's like, but your life is messed up, but you're, you're out here on the streets. What are you doing? Like, you know you need God, right? And they're so blinded. They're so blinded by their own choices and their own decisions, and they think that everything's okay. And they've gotten so used to just doing their own thing, 
They've gotten so used to not listening to God. They've gotten so used to telling God no. They've gotten so used to, 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 to putting God outside of their lives that even if everything was crumbling around them in their pride, they say, you know what, no, but it's, it's fine, it's okay. I'm all right. I got it together. And the thing is, it's easy to see that on maybe a homeless person out on the streets who you try and help, but they just keep going back to the streets and they keep going back to drugs or whatever. It, it might be easy to point that out in somebody else. But for some of us, we have so much pride, guys. We have so much pride. We have so many, so we have such a heavy men mentality and mindset that, no, I'm okay, I'm fine. I don't need God. I don't need to listen to him. I don't need to obey him. I don't need to follow him. I don't need to listen to his direction. You know, that's nice, God. That's, that's nice advice, Lord. That's nice counsel, but I'm not going to do what you're telling me to do, Lord. You can take a break. You can go talk to somebody else, but, but Lord, I still want you a little bit here and there, and I still want to come to church, and I still want to come to Elevate, but God, you just can't have this part of my life. Let me tell you what, if you're disobedient in that kind of way, you're going to be defeated. Disobedience leads to defeat. If you're defeated in this place, in any area, in lust, in pride, in laziness, whatever it may be, if you're defeated, it's because you're being disobedient. God will never let his children be defeated. God says, if I'm for you, nobody can come against you. If God is for you, who can stand against you? The weapons, against, the weapons of the enemy, they will not prosper against you, right? God's with us. God's for us. If we're in his will, if we're listening to him, if we're being obedient to what he's telling us to do. But if we're not, and we're going against what he's saying, he can't help us. And he can't give us breakthrough. He can't set us free. And he's not able to deliver us in certain areas. Therefore, we keep going around and around and around and around and around in circles of sin, in circles of just being in the same spot five years from now, we're still struggling with the same things. It's because you never surrendered. It's because you never gave your life over to the Lord in, in a certain area and said, God, you know what? I'm trying to do things my way, but God, I'm going to surrender to you in this, in this area. I'm going to give this over to you. God, I'm going to hand it over to you. This doesn't belong to me, God. This belongs to you, God. My choices, my decisions, God, whatever I have, Lord, I give it to you. I surrender it to you because, God, you're worthy. God, you're worthy of everything, Lord. And this person, this guy Aiken, thought that, you know what, he could just do this thing on the side and it wouldn't matter. I'll just take these things that I know it was against God's will. I know God told me not to do it. I know that I, should, I really shouldn't be doing this. But you know what, it looks so nice. It looks so cool. As a matter of fact, he goes on to explain this guy Aiken who, told, who took the stuff that didn't belong to him, that belonged to God's. He, he says later on in the, in the chapter, let me see if I can find it here. So Aiken, yeah, here we go, in verse 20. If you guys want to look it up, you can. It says, so Achan answered Joshua. Joshua saw this guy, called him out. He's like, look, why did you do this? Why did you bring all this trouble upon Israel? Now we lost the battle. We lost people. We lost, you know, the, the people retreated. Now they're dead. Why did you do this? What made you do this? Verse 20, it says, so Achan answered Joshua and said, look, I, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful mantle from, from this place and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold and weight, and, and I, I coveted them and I took them, and behold, they're concealed in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath it. He says he saw, if you can go to the, the, the previous verse, verse 20. It says he saw how beautiful the, the look, look, I, when I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylon, the 200 shekels, silver and, and gold and all this stuff, he, he, saw, he saw all these different things and, and, and it kind of got to him and it got, it got his attention. He saw it and he's like, man, you know what, I just, maybe it wouldn't be that bad if I, if I, if I take this for myself. Maybe it wouldn't be that bad. Let me, just, let me just take a little bit of this. Nobody will notice. But all, that, all the while, while he was seeing that, he wasn't seeing God's, God's direction. He wasn't seeing what God was trying to tell him to do. He wasn't seeing the, the command, the warning. Hey, look, don't touch this. Don't do this. Don't live in this type of way. Yet despite that, he didn't care. He just saw what was in front of him, and he just wanted to take whatever fleeting pleasures were in front of his eyes. And he didn't listen to God. And because of that, he ended up dying and being killed by the rest of the camp. So to summarize all of that, guys, if we disobey God, if we're living in disobedience, do we all understand what being obedient to God means? That means if you're in school and God tells you stop hanging out with these three friends that keep making you sin, if God tells you to do that, you do it. You be obedient. You get up and you walk away. Because they're toxic and God just told you, don't do that. That's what obedience looks like, right? Okay, another example. God tells you, okay, 
don't watch these type of movies because it stirs up lust or it stirs up this or it stirs up that. Okay, the moment this big movie comes out that's rated art, has like 500 sex scenes in it, you don't go to it because God told you not to. That's being obedient. Oh, another example. Your friend is lost. They're cursing up a storm. They don't know God. And God tells you, hey, witness to them. Evangelize to them. Reach out to them. And you do it. That, that's being obedient. You don't do it. You don't tell them about Jesus. That's being disobedient. God tells you don't smoke drugs, don't hang out with those people that are always smoking, and you do it, you're being disobedient. God tells you, look, love your mom, love your dad, even if they, if they treat you wrong or whatever, I want you to love them, I want you to, to open up to them and trust them or whatever. If you don't do that, you're, and, and God's telling you to do that, but you're not obeying it, you're being disobedient. Very simple, obedience. Guys, obedience, it's, it's, it's so simple. God tells you, do this. That, that's the whole point of why I chose this example is because God gave them a simple instruction. Don't take this thing. They took it and disobeyed God. Hence, they were not able to have victory in their lives. Let me tell you what God's saying. Hey, look, you need to prioritize me. You need to, be, you need to put me in number one. You need to stop letting these other things come over your schedules and, and now you're missing elevator, whatever, sports or, or school or clubs or, or friends or all this, and you don't do it and you don't listen to God, you're being disobedient. It's very simple. If we're not obedient, God, we're, we're going to be defeated. We're not going to have victory. We're not going to have victory in the peace of God inside of our lives. We're never going to be at peace. You will never be at peace while you're in disobedience to God. Never. You'll never be at peace. You'll never have love. You'll never be at rest. You'll be restless because you're disobeying God. Because God's trying to get you to do something. God's trying to get you to let go of something. God's trying to do something in your life, but you're resisting him. You're telling him no. And you're doing your own thing. And the moment that happens, my friends, you are liable for destruction. And the devil can take you down like that. The sad news is, you know what, man, there's people that, that go home after church. They go home after an elevator. They go, after, they go home after a Sunday service, and they go sin right after that. They go to some party and get drunk right after elevate. Why does that happen? It's because they weren't being obedient to God's call. And when they weren't obedient to God and what he was telling them to do, when that temptation came their way, they weren't able to say no. And they just went along with it. Guys, if you want victory... If you want victory in your life, if you want to live for the Lord, completely sold out for him day after day, if you want victory, guys, all you have to do is be obedient to God. Listen to what he says. Obey his commandments. That's in 1 John. It says, let me see. I don't want to butcher it. It's in 1 John. Let's see. You guys got to see this. Uh, well, fortunately, my memory is letting me down. But, uh, Joby, if you can find that that says, uh, if you love God, you'll obey his commandments. Guys, if we love God, we're going to be obedient. It's very simple. And I just want to encourage you guys, you know... It, don't, 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 don't ever get to a place where it's okay to disobey God, where it's okay not to listen to God, where it's okay not to listen to his voice. It's not okay. It's not okay to have areas in your life that you're not surrendering to the Lord. It's not okay to say no to God. It's not okay when God's telling you to do something and you don't do it. And if that happens and if that's your story and if that's what's going on in your life, then don't expect God to set you free. Don't expect God to bring the victory that you need in your life. Because he can't do it. He can't do it if you're not fully surrendered. The person that experiences victory, the person that experiences freedom from sin, the person that experiences freedom from depression, all this different stuff, Daryl, you can come up to the keys. The person that experiences these things is a person that surrenders to the Lord is a person that says, God, I'm not going to take what belongs to you. God, I'm going to surrender over to you everything that I have. God, I'm not going to steal anything. I'm not going to rob you, Lord. 
I'm not going to rob you of your glory. I'm not going to rob you of your authority. I'm not going to take what belongs to you, Jesus. You're telling me to do this? Okay, I'll do it. I'll be obedient. I'll follow you, God, because you're worthy, because you deserve everything that I have, Lord. And I'm not going to take anything that belongs to you. And I'm going to be obedient to your call. If we can all stand up in this place. See, guys, God wants to give you victory. There's not one person in this place that can't have victory every single day of their lives. Victory, freedom. You can have freedom. You can be free. You can live in victory continually, on and on, day after day. It's real. You don't have to have a testimony of, oh, I'm still struggling with this, or I'm still going through this, or I'm still backslidden in this one area. It's very simple. Repent. Become obedient. Listen to what God's trying to tell you. Listen to what God's trying to tell you. The moment you do that and you follow his instructions and you listen to his guidance, you're able to get healing. You're able to get freedom. You're able to get deliverance. But until that happens, guys, don't, don't expect God to, to bless you. Don't expect God to be so awesome in your life. Don't, be, don't expect to be on fire for God if you're holding something back from the Lord. Don't expect anything from God in that one spot because God won't give it to you. Because you're withholding something that rightfully belongs to the Lord. You're not surrendering. If you're not surrendering to God, don't expect him to help you. Do we understand that in this place? Don't expect God to help you in an area you don't want him to help you in. He's a gentleman. He won't force his way down your throat. So if you tell God, Lord, I'm not going to do this. Lord, I'm not going to go in this direction. Lord, I'm not going to follow you in this certain area of my life. Then don't expect him to help you. Don't expect him to bless you. Don't expect him to be with you by your side because he's not going to be by your side because you're against him now. You're either for him or you're against him. Which one are you today? Are you for God? Are you fighting with God? Are you a laid down lover of the Lord, surrendering everything that you have to him? Saying, God, everything that I have belongs to you, Lord Jesus. I'm not going to hold anything back. Is that your heart cry? Are there areas in your life that you're against God in? You're directly in opposition towards God. God is putting his finger in certain areas of your life that you're supposed to give up, that you're supposed to have surrendered by now, but you're not, and you're holding on to it, and you're not letting it go. You're not letting go of a boyfriend. You're not letting go of a girlfriend. You're not letting go of just a, a friend who's backsliding crazy and sinning. You're not letting go of that stuff. But God told you to. So now there's this conflict. Now there's this opposition. And God's trying to get in and he's trying to help you, but you're, you're pushing him back and you're saying, no, I'm, I'm just going to have this for myself. I'm going to do what I want to do in this, in this one spot of my life. That's your heart. That's what happens. And you know what? You're going to experience defeat, guys. Don't expect victory. But the good news is God came so that you can be set free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You don't have to be defeated. Surrender to the Lord. Become obedient. Surrender your, surrender your rights. Surrender your life over to the Lord. Say, God, I'm going to lay down everything at your feet, God. I'm not going to take anything for myself, Lord. It all belongs to you. It all belongs to you, Jesus. Let's all bow our heads in this place and close our eyes. Oh, Holy Spirit, God, we want to be laid down, God. We want to lay everything at your feet, Lord, God. We don't want to hold anything back, Lord, God. We don't want to keep anything for ourselves, Jesus. We don't want to keep anything for ourselves, Lord God. We want to live in complete surrender, Lord God. If you tell us to go left, we'll go left, God. If you tell us to go right, we'll go right, Lord. God, we don't want to compromise anymore, Lord God. We don't want to think it's okay, God, to still be in control of certain areas of our life, Lord God. Trying to run the show, God. Trying to do things the way we want to do them, Lord God. We repent, God, if that's our attitude. We repent if that's our mindset, Lord God. Holy Spirit, God, we surrender fully to you, God, today. We surrender fully to you, God. We want to be obedient, God. We want to walk in obedience, God, every single day of our lives, Lord. Every single day of our lives, Jesus. Just give the Holy Spirit a moment. Just ask the Holy Spirit if there's one area in your life. Just ask the Holy Spirit to highlight things in areas of your life that you haven't surrendered, that you're resisting him in areas of your life that you're struggling to surrender to the Lord in. Just ask the Holy Spirit to highlight that. Holy Spirit, right now, God, show us areas of our lives, God, where we're not surrendering to you, God, where we're not fully surrendered, we're not fully yielded over to you, God. 
God, is there one area, God, is there one area, Lord, where you're telling us to go left, like we're not going left, we're going right instead, Lord? Is there one area, God, where you're telling us to go forward, God, but instead we're going back, Lord? Is there one area, Lord Jesus? Is there anything, Lord God, in our hearts, Lord, show us right now, Lord God? is my shepherd I shall not want the Lord is calling the shots in my life the Lord is directing me the Lord is leading me the Lord is in control the Lord is is, is telling I'm being obedient to the Lord and everything he's saying and I I don't need anything I don't I don't want anything I'm good the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he restores my soul he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I fear no evil for you are with me rod on your staff you comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you have anointed my head with oil my cup overflows surely goodness and, and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever this is what happens when God is our shepherd this is what happens when we when we walk in obedience to God this is what happens when we follow him and we and we obey him and we listen to him and we listen to his direction David was writing this psalm from a place of full surrender to the Lord he wasn't saying I'm anxious. He wasn't saying I'm still struggling with this sin or that sin. He wasn't saying I'm still defeated. He wasn't saying I'm still depressed. He wasn't saying I'm still suicidal. He wasn't saying I, I still have low self-esteem. He says the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything. The Lord is my shepherd. I, sh- I shall not want. Why? Because he's already put me beside quiet waters. He re- he's restored my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness. Lord, we surrender to you today. You're our shepherd, Lord God. And we hold nothing back tonight, Lord God. Everything belongs to you, Holy Spirit. If you just want to go to a whole nother level and just obedience and walking in full surrender to the Lord, I want to encourage you to come up to these altars. If there's areas in your life that you've been holding on to, areas of your life that you haven't been surrendering to the Lord, you want to let go of them. You want to say, God, I'm, I'm, I've had enough, Lord. I'm not going to hold on to these things any longer. I'm going to fully surrender to you. I want to encourage you to come up to these altars. These altars are open right now. 